I am very sad that we don't wear suits all, at, any, at any point because I love suits. And when I wear suits, I go all, I'll go all in. I go all in. Dude, I used start, to wear suits wear, all the time. Wear, then, then wear a suit when you teach. Actually, I'm thinking about wearing a three-piece suit around here every day. Do it. Hey, Jordan Peterson <laughs> would love you. Giving in one simple app, blessed tithely app. I don't know. We're rolling. Okay, so John Norman. I saw John Norman in Austin, and he told me that um, he said that. Chris, no, no, no. Sorry, this was in England two weeks ago, and uh, Chris and I went to England, and we were um, we were in Norwich. Anyways, and so John, John literally, he calls me last week and he's like, uh, when we were in Austin and he goes, dude, he's like, I've never seen somebody gain that much weight in that short amount of time. <laughs> From True. conference. Tonight. And I'm like, who are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, I'm talking about Chris Palmer. He's like, Chris Palmer was skinny at the conference and then he put on like 30 pounds. I'm like, True. yeah, it's because he's fast because he's in his last chapter of his dissertation. Yeah. yeah. And he's been to Italy twice in three months. <laughs> yeah. And exactly three and, times in seven months, and he's just he's he's falling apart off the seams. John made me uh, work out. I actually sent Brian a video of of me my workout routine in England. Keep going. Well done, Chrissy Palmer in the house. He's arresting those profiteroles. Time to get time to get fit. His body body is coming back. It's coming back. I believe it in Jesus' name. But he made me work out so hard that I vomited after in his house. At John's? At John's house. <laughs> I wanna, I told John, he told John, I was like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I don't know if he believed me. His wife's in his house. You know, Chantel's there. Which, I, by the way, they're both like very fit. They're fit people. And I, I ran upstairs into, you know, I got in the shower because we were leaving that day. And as soon as I got out, I started getting dressed and I ran back into the bathroom and Blue chunks. <laughs> for real. I was sick for probably about 15 minutes. He worked me hard, man. But you know something? Thank you, John Norman, because that... That just, inspired you. It changed my attitude towards food. I was like, after that, I, I, I haven't cheated. If you don't know, we're in a uh, weight loss challenge right now. Mm -hmm. And Chris was very against the idea. Now he's so full. Now he's yeah. mostly in. <laughs> yeah. More in than we are. I, I may be the leader, actually, at the moment. Actually, Matt Van Nordstrom told me he lost seven pounds. Cool. It's on. I've met people around that are doing it. How many people are doing it right now? Uh, like 25. That's amazing. If anybody wanted to just take the last two weeks of the challenge and fast, you'd lose like 15 pounds and probably be the winner. So if you want to not eat for two it's weeks. It's like a weigh-in for yeah. boxers. Just don't drink water for two days, too, before the weigh-in. Yeah. <laughs> You'll lose September's like 18 gonna be... pounds in water weight. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. All so right. this is uh, Welcome Back to Sillygram, sponsored by Tithely. And uh, today we have a very special guest, Colleen. Hello, Colleen. Welcome to the show. Colleen, welcome. Um, where do you, where where does the story begin? The story begins with you needing a haircut. Yeah. So. Oh no! So you were trying to figure out what you're gonna do with your hair. Yes. Right, because you had long hair like me. Yep. And then 
I guess was Everett was encouraging you to get the the Tennessee waterfall. Yes, everyone. Everyone was inspiring me. Okay. So we go to Supercuts okay. here in Franklin, mm-hmm. and you had been there a couple times. Yeah. Had good experience and then a bad experience. Yeah, I had a good experience and then I had a bad experience. Okay. He yeah. went in for a mullet, and the person didn't know what a mullet was. Right. The hairdresser. Yeah. So then I went and I met Colleen. And Where? She, Where'd you meet her? At Supercuts. Okay. And she did the perfect mullet. I was so happy. Like my wife loved it. Yes. It was, I remember looking win. at it going, okay, my, my God. So. Yes. Then I'm like, okay, I'm set. We're good to go. Yeah. And she retires. No. <laughs> yeah. She so, retired. So you are yeah. ne- So are you like never going to cut hair again? Okay, fair. Okay. Okay. But you're just done there. Where are oh, you cutting where are you cutting hair now? <laughs> okay, so, so you're you're contracted. So listen, freelance. I found her yeah. on Instagram. I had put up a reel of my haircut experience. Yeah. And she had commented it and I remembered that. So then I found her on Instagram. Tried to message her, no answer. So then I found her on Facebook. <laughs> I messaged her and she answered. That's amazing. And we're bringing her out of retirement for Dude, a day. This is Tom Brady. So good. Tom Brady of This is the best cutting. thing ever. So she's going to cut her hair on the show today. Yes. Amazing. And you're starting with Evie? Everett's going in. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you, Colleen. Colleen. Yeah, this, this is, is amazing. This is incredible. Yeah, this is cool. Okay, so where's Everett? He's just getting an SD card. What's that? A card for this thing. Oh, okay. Is that the audio? Yeah, just for, for Colleen. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Ev's up first. Evie's up first. Do you have any reference photos? <sighs> no. You can't wear your headphones well, you can't either. wear your headphones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just mess me up, Colleen. Um, oh, no. he's getting married in a couple months, by the way. A yeah, couple yeah, months, yeah, couple so, months. So this yeah. is this is this there's is no good, pressure. No, no, this is not the wedding haircut. No, no. This is not the wedding no. haircut. no. Um, his mullet needs to be lived in a little bit anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I don't. I yeah. think that's I fine. We'll just leave it. Oh, geez. what? It's not working. Um, whatever. I think I like it. I like it a bit longer on the back. Okay. Like I don't want too much taken off the back. I usually go down to like a two on the sides and then fade up. And then I don't like it. I don't like it too short on the front because I wear it forward. If, if it gets too short on the front, I look like a little Dutch boy. Well, What's you're getting, wrong with that? You're getting really specific here. Just let the master create. <laughs> you know, like Colleen, we brought her out of retirement here, bro. Like, just the marble never told David what or Michelangelo what to do. Exactly. Chris, yeah. you have a terrible haircut. <laughs> oh, you want to you know? You want to know something funny about Chris's bad haircuts? I'll just turn back to make fun of me. Just, just listen, listen to this. Listen to this. He literally won't get his haircut outside of Italy. That's, that's, that's how bad his haircuts. Are. My last three haircuts have been there. And why? Because they're the best. They cut. Well, if I know I'm going to Italy, I'm not going to have it cut until I get there. You just like the experience. And they cut weight. They're just amazing. They just know how to fade. The, they, this they know, guy, this guy in Tropea, where we were at. If you got Dago Guinea Wop hair, yeah. it takes a Dago Guinea Wop <laughs> to make that hair. Perfect. I will tell you this: nobody can do the fades that they do there. Even like some of the barbers here, they can't do those fades. I, I challenge that. I think Colleen, Colleen can do, can do the fades. He has the same hair as Gabe, but we're not going to know because she's right? doing mullets right now. Gabe's like got, just bad. Gabe's got the Italian hair. <laughs> no, like that 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 type of hair. No thick, right? They got that yeah, thick, thick hair. They got yeah. that thick Italian yeah. hair. Yeah. yeah, 
right? Oh, true. And, and Gabriel. Gabriel has the body hair. True. <laughs> He's right. Gabe's, a... Gabe's the one that's Italian looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Body hair is important. Colleen, is. did you say that you got registered in Florida as well? I for... Florida license mm. for for um what is it what is the cosmetology cosmetology, cosmetology. where about awesome. uh, hello yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's sick. that's our spot yeah yeah though I just looked at the weather again today and I'm like oh, okay yeah we need to go down you're going this week right well I was Maybe. going to but I have to I'm gonna be at a church in Illinois. In Springfield, Illinois, and oh, I have to, and I have to. Midwest fly. is best. It's hard to get there, dude. No kidding. So, like, I'd have to catch a flight. It would be easier to get there. It's just hard to get back. So I can catch a flight at like 5 p.m. out of ECP, uh-huh. connecting through Atlanta. But then on the of way course. home, I have to leave Illinois, Blooming or wherever it is. Where is it called? Bloomingville. Uh, no, it's the other city. Uh, Springfield. Yeah, Springfield. Yeah, I have to leave at like 4:30 p.m. I wouldn't get back. Until Monday night, like 9 p.m. or something. Um, 10.30 is awful. So it's not worth it. Yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyways, long story short. So, yeah. So, Chris only gets his haircuts in Italy. And they you do look they good. Cut it, they, they, look, they look good. It, but they cut it this short. But I wasn't mad because it's the summertime. Um, was this a better Italy trip than the last one, by the way? Uh, <laughs> depends on well, how you define better. In the words of Jordan Peterson, it depends what you mean by better. Yeah, so we almost got mugged in Calabria. Yeah. For reals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Yep. Um, that was fun at a gas station, an auto grill. And really? Yeah, there was like, yeah, yeah, it was this sketchiest. Like, I felt like I was in New York all over again. It yeah. was crazy. And then Nate goes, I saw the, I went in the bathroom and the guys went into the, into the auto grill where Nate was at. And then I went to the car, but I didn't think they were going to mug us. And then I started to think, those guys probably are have, fixing. Um, and oh, then dude. Nate came out and we were, out. Chris and I went into the bathroom and they followed us into the bathroom. But I could then, have taken two then, of them, but not three. But then they, w- as soon as, they, so we went into the bathroom, but there were two other, they didn't know there's two other guys in the bathroom. Oh, so it was oh four gosh. on three. Yep. So they, so they waited outside for us. Do you think you could have taken them? Two of them, but not, I yeah. could have taken two on my own, but yeah, not three. Were they small? Yeah, they were small. <laughs> the, pro- the problem though is, is that you never know what Mario and Luigi? Have. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. True. What do you have in Italy? A, a knife. I'm not totally. I'm not gonna freak. Exactly. I'm not gonna mess with a dude with a knife. Jeez. Yeah. What time of day was that? Broad daylight. Daylight. What the yeah, heck? It was. Man? It was at like a. It was like a. Calabria is like. It's like Haiti meets Italy. Yeah. The smell of burned garbage. Dilapidated really? homes. Yeah. And then on the way back, Nate was like, "We should stop at this auto girl." I'm like, "That's the same one we almost got mugged at." <laughs> yeah. And we're like, maybe not. And we just kept driving. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was a good, it was a good trip. Yeah, Trope- it was great. Trope was pretty. It was cool. amazing. It was good. Yeah, very, it looked very romantic. It was very. It was romantic. Very. Yeah, they put the beds really close in, in all your pictures. <laughs> the, yeah. The, well, yeah, because in Europe, like if you ask for two beds, they just it's just twins that were a king that they separated. We always put right. a, We always would the put box a, springs. We, we would put a pillow we would, up. We would divide. literally either have to put a pillow between or just move them. Like <laughs> at one point, Chris was like, "Can we just move these beds a little bit further?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine." Was he snoring? No, no, oh, I didn't. Right. Nate, no, he doesn't snore anymore. No, really. No, no stop. I used to travel with earplugs. Literally. I found the off button. Yeah. So the the off button is is alcohol. <laughs> It didn't used to be that way. It used to be the on button. Well, no, sorry. Yeah, it's the on button. Because I, I'm, not, I'm not drinking, I'm not snoring. 
because yep. I'm trying to live that healthy lifestyle. Anyway, with you, I don't know. So I was a bad influence when I was traveling with you. Uh, maybe you were. Yeah, shoot. Um, I have noted here. So one of you told me to write down. Do I have pinworms? What is that? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, so when I was in evening college, when I was in teaching in New York, um, I was like, my butt just started to get really itchy all the time <laughs> at night. <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry, Colleen. I did it's not true. know that that was it's... the prompt. <laughs> yeah. That's what pinworms are, bro. So my um, wife thought that I might have pinworms. And Wait, so, what did you think you had? Like just like IBS or something? I don't know what I had. Well, itchy when, butt syndrome? when your butt doesn't itch, then all of a sudden it starts itching. You don't know what's going on. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, and, and, and I'd noticed like it particularly at nighttime. So, you know, like I'm like dying. So I went to the doctor and it wasn't pinworms, but I, I, I didn't, they didn't say what it was. There didn't, it wasn't hemorrhoids. It wasn't anything. So he's like, it could be IBS. It could be just something that you're eating. And I did start to notice that if I drank Guinness, all the wheat or whatever, or no. Yes. It's, I think it's a gluten. So I have, a, I think I have a gluten um, allergy. allergy. Exactly. Like Frankie. Oh God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We all kind of do. Damn. Yeah. Cause Frankie has, a, has this exact same thing. If she has gluten, then like her rear goes on fire. And yeah, so it's but, because humans aren't really made to eat carbs mm. and gluten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, long story short, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that works though. I mean, Jesus did say, this is the bread. This is the, this is the bread as often as you do. You know, Jesus it was unleavened. Really? Does unleavened bread have gluten in it? Are you no sure? Yeast? Does it? You better Google it. It has it? Or Colleen? It doesn't yeah, it's, have doesn't have yeast. It doesn't have it yeast. Doesn't have it doesn't yeast. Have yeast. Yeah, it would have gluten in it. Got yeah, it. okay. Well, do you, think, do you think that was, what is it, subscriptive or prescriptive? Do you, you, you don't think we can have oh, communion yeah. with oh. a filet mignon? No, I don't. You think, you think I don't, eat the meat? It has to be bread. <laughs> you think it has to be bread? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, yeah. Also, unleavened bread is you still made from wheat. Funny, and it's you not can't do free. communion with Sprite and filet. There was a. Su- there was Why a, not? Because like, where does it say that in the that, Bible? Because the wine is a, is a is an important symbol of blood. Oh well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm fine with the wine. And then his body being bread because he's the bread of life. He didn't say I'm the filet. You, you can't break life. a piece of steak. You can break bread. It's true. You cook it. I had a. I had a there's a guy in my um, um, pastoral, uh, what was it, pastoral, pastoral class I had in school, and he, we all had to do different aspects of ministry in front of the class as a group project. I remember I had to do like a funeral, and et cetera, et cetera. And this, these guys had to do uh, uh, taking the communion or Eucharist. Okay. He brought in, he brought in hot dogs and root beer. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> And that's Frankie's favorite communion. Yeah, that's and, an American communion and, right and there. And the professor was this old dude, and he hit the fan. It was the funniest thing I've ever oh seen. My God. Um, he went. I'm writing off. this down. He went off. Hot sometimes, dogs and root yeah, beer. Yeah. Sometimes I am I am caught though, because like if I'm doing keto or like you know trying to do no carb. Oh yeah, totally. They pass out communion, and I'm like, this is so full of sugar and carbs. This is the most. This is the Kevin most Gen Z millennial conversation. But that amount ever. shouldn't trigger. Keto- or untrigger ketosis, right? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty small. Pretty small amount. The wafer, those wafers that they put no, in the like community cups, paper. It's the grape juice. That's uh, what gets you. Yeah, but you're not doing. It's just a little shot. It's not even a shot glass. <sighs> um, <laughs> Colleen. By the way, what did you find out? What um, church? Okay, there's a church show on TBN with a everything's red, as she said. Red. Jimmy Swaggart. Oh, no Jimmy way. Swaggart. Did you watch that? 
No way. Of course. That's what my that's awesome. There's actually a rumor that going around this week that he died, and um, it's not true. Snopes said it wasn't true. That's funny. So wait, so like it's scripted? You saying the whole show is scripted, or no. like they're, they're reading it? You said what? You said red, or you said rad? No, everything red. Everything is red. Red, like, like the carpet yeah. and the drapes. Oh, everything is red. Like yeah. they're decorate. Like they're this. Yeah, the they're stage design. Yeah. The, it's a it's an actual church. Right. Kind of like a royal. Where was thing. where was Jimmy Swagger out of? Jim Swagger was one like one of the most popular evangelists. Yeah, but where where did he, where was he based? Louis- Joe, Joe Louisiana. Champagne got saved at his He's, church. He was from Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. That's right. Baton Rouge was it? Yeah, somewhere around yeah. there. Okay, so getting back to my pinworms. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, I, I was probably about thirty three years old. I'm living in New York City, and I'm teaching at this church on the corner of East Twenty Second and Third Avenue, um, on Monday nights, about three hundred kids that come out and my laptop is open and my the, the chick who like ran it her name's nicole neal you met nicole in austin yeah she calls up and she she looks at my safari for whatever reason which was open it was open that's right <laughs> and it was the first google search was why is my butt itchy <laughs> <laughs> and so then she's like nathan what is going on you know like and i'm like i don't know what's going on i'm trying to figure out what's going on but I think I might have pinworms and then I went and got checked. I didn't have pinworms and then I figured out it must be IBS because I have a very gentle, I have a delicate stomach. I still have issues. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, so it's pretty embarrassing. You know, that's probably the most embarrassing thing. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you get pinworms? How do you get, how do you get pinworms? You get in pinworms from like eating raw fish or, or meat or lettuce yeah, is no. it pork? That's why I, it, I don't yeah. actually know. I, it's it's eating a certain food that is a host to those worms, and then it gets in. Yeah, that's why your 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 mom boils sausage before she grills it. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Man. Yeah, my mom is like, she read some horror story about some Jewish kid that got like a brain worm. No, a brain worm. Yeah, a brain worm. Jeez. Yeah, from eating pork and died. So now she boils pork before she, before yeah. she, well, I don't know. It's just boiled goose? It's my boiled goose. All right. Well, so okay. is, is Everett done? He's just looking at it. Okay. I'm sure it was. It looks good. He likes bold moves. He like, so he might, he might want to go shorter. What do you think? I think it's good. Okay. It's good, Everett. It's good. Yeah. yeah, it looks clean. Good. That's good. good. My turn. Oh, you need this chair, don't you? Yeah. Trade ya. Trade ya. Um, okay, so what's up, what's next up? Oh, I got we we have a couple okay, you go ahead. Yeah, so there was um a person who reached out to uh who reached out to who reached out to us. Thank you, Colin. Her name. Her name is Lauren Enright. Okay. Her, na- her name is Lauren Enright. Okay, got it. And Lauren has informed Theoshi Memes that she has a boyfriend. And he lives in Amsterdam, Amsterdam and she lives in Australia. <coughs> and they love the podcast. Okay. Okay. And is there... At any point where this conversation actually like takes off the ground, yeah, or it's taking off just, right now. It's, it's, it's okay. It's right. It's All taking right. off right now. I'm trying to get. 
Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. You're like, a, you're like a preacher trying to find where he is in his sermon. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Touch a neighbor and say, he's here. <laughs> right? Is that your signature move? So she wrote a haiku for her boyfriend, Zach. In Amsterdam. Yep. Yeah. I think, no, she said she's in Australia. He's in Amsterdam. Yep. His name is Zach Zwires. Okay. And this is a haiku. Okay. Eiffel Tower looms. Strong as your meme game, it pulls down my defenses. So, Zach, your girlfriend, Lauren. Wow. Thanks for wonderful. Can I read that? Yeah. That is really good. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. And she wrote that. That's so herself. romantic. Eiffel Tower looms. Strong as your meme game, it pulls down my defenses. I think this needs a soundtrack. The heck was that? It's crazy. That's really good. Do you want to hear my haiku? Yes. This is my haiku. My haiku is pretty great. This was my haiku. Okay. You want to hear my haiku? Yeah. Chris Palmer smells good. Chris Palmer smells good right now. Refrigerator. <laughs> if that's a statement of fact, I um, bought a brand new deodorant yesterday, so I'm wearing it at the moment. So this okay. is actually true. Mitchum. Mm. Okay, Mitchum I have a deodorant. game for you guys. Okay. What is your name in Japanese? Oh, this is amazing. I have a little thing. Yeah. It's actually pretty annoying because it takes a while when you have like a name like mine. Why don't we just do like Nate, Ev, Bry, and Chris? No, it's funnier with the. the it's the harder. Line. Everett is going to be too long. Did you send Let's this? Try. Let's see what it is. Yeah, I got you. No, no, no. It's good. Ready? Okay. All right, just Here give us. Go, a... Everett. Trust me, it's going to be too much. I'll write it down as you go. Oh, oh okay. Ku. Uh, oh, I've done this before. Kuru Kushi Kuchichi. Kuchichi. Kuru Kushi Kuchichi. Kuru Kushi Kuchichi. Kuru Kushi Kuchichi. Kuru Kushi Kuchichi. Okay. Arigato. Okay. Pass it over to them. It's got to come from the diaphragm. All right. All right. Mine is To Ka Chi. Ni, no, re, not ni, re. Ka, to. To, to, ka, chi, re, ka, to. To, ka, chi, re, ka, to. Okay, mine is me, re, chi. It's so dumb. Ki. Ari. Mirishi ki Ari. Mirishi ki Ari. That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Can someone do mine? Um. Oh, actually, do Colleen. I closed it. You open it back up. No. What, no. What you're um. You're, no. I got a better one. This is your um. This is your name before you got saved. It was your street name. Okay. What's your my street name? name? So so the it's the, the your first dog your first dog's name. Oh, okay. Your first dog's name. Yep. 
and then the, the street that you're born on. Mine is uh, Spanky Metal Hill. <laughs> Spanky Middle Hill? Metal Hill. Metal. <laughs> wait, wait. Spanky Metal Hill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, what and what and tell us about like what what was your life? What were you doing as Spanky Metal Hill? Spanky Metal Hill. Playing, yeah. I, you know what? I was outside playing basketball. I'll tell you, there's this and, and and I would always watch the Detroit Piston Championship videos from '89 and '90. And I promise you this: my hidden talent is that the Detroit Pistons Championship video from 1990. I watched it so many times, I have the entire thing memorized. If you pulled it up right now, I could. Go through it verbatim quote. Okay, but I was thinking more of like a fictional, you know, like, like yeah. you sound like a, that's a, crap, was, that's a, craps, a craps dealer. Well, that's what I'd be so, doing fictionally, playing basketball outside as a kid. Fair. So okay. it's your first pet yep. and your first street. Yep. Uh, so mine is Max Greendale. Max Greendale. Max Greendale. And what were you doing? Like what fictionally, <laughs> what's, what kind of trouble are you up to until the Lord intervened? Well, not fiction, but we're actually, we're writing a book that has a whole story. In oh, it. nice. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I'm Buddy. I'm, I'm Buddy Houston. Buddy Houston. Buddy Houston. <laughs> I've been to jail seven times for uh, armed robbery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Waggles Aramosa. Waggles. Waggles. <laughs> Waggles Aramosa. <laughs> what was I up to? I'm actually. I was like. I, I, I think just, that you were. I think you're flying product for the Colombian drug cartel. I, I was just gonna Did, say. I was definitely in Waggles Aramosa. I was dealing for sure. Did you guys? <laughs> speaking of Waggles, did you guys see this guy that just won the Open this weekend, Brian, Brian Harmon? Harman. No. And his Waggles. He would. He. Calling? They. It's. It's. Really short. It's hilarious. They ended up. Oh no no no! You're good. Sorry sorry. Okay. Um um, they gave him a Waggle counter. Cause he was he waggles his club so much before every hit. Oh, they counted. I saw that. He waggled his club one shot seventeen times before he took the shot. Wow, he's like Ra- Ra- uh, Rafael Nadal. Have you ever seen Rafael Rafael Nadal serve? No. He has a whole thing where he like scrapes this room, scrapes this, adjusts his, touches his nose, wipes his hair, touches his his earlobe, wipes sweat off of his mouth. Bounces the ball three like he has a whole thing and he always does the exact <laughs> same thing. It's weird. Wow. Yeah, it's that's NBA that's weird. players oh, do that at I the free throw line. Did you see the the amateur that played at the open Everett? His freaking drives was so weird. It was the ugliest drive I've ever seen. I didn't see it. I didn't I, I didn't watch the first round. He that's was in cool. he was in first. I Dude, remember. I hate I like good for that guy, but I hate when nobody's Is that a bone when, to pick? When when majors. Is that a bone to pick? It's a bone to pick. Okay. No. Um, you have a bone to pick? Yeah, I have a bone to pick. Okay, Yeah, my bone to pick is with coffee shops. Okay. Like, immediately, I hate I hate when they don't put the lids on right, and they overfill it, and then anytime you tip the cup, you're spilling coffee on your shirt. Absolutely. Gotcha. Blood red mad. Yep. Um, also, there's a coffee shop, who I won't name, yep. in the factory at Franklin. Okay, yep. <laughs> and it makes me so mad when stores don't adjust their adjust like what they have available based on their stock like clothing stores do this all the time they'll have stuff that's out of stock and it's on their website Mm -hmm. and you you click on it and you go to buy it and then it's out of stock right well this coffee shop always does that they're always out of nitro 
and they never they never they oh, never change their board and it's so it's so annoying because they have one of those stupid little felt boards where you just like put like the sticker things on it right and i'm like just take it off just take it off i'll hop back there i'll do it for you right you know i'll get a little step ladder i'll get up there i'll do your job for you dude i can confirm i ordered a, a nitro for someone and they were out yeah they're always out of nitro and sometimes they're out of cold brew too. You wouldn't have this problem with this complicated coffee. You just went down to the shelf station and got coffee. Way. You know? Yeah. Like you wouldn't have it. Or like Chris does? I'm telling you that coffee at Dunkin' Donuts is amazing. They sell more cups of coffee than anybody in the United that's States. That's great. And it's great. Chris, that that that's such so stupid. Like, well, Dunkin' Donuts sells more cups of coffee in a day than anybody well, else. Have I'm you making. also heard the phrase that people love <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So my bone, my bone to pick. <laughs> I, I think it's my funny to ever get so upset about a, a comment about coffee. He it's does. Just, he's over here fuming. Totally. Fuming I'm Gina. Fuming. There's very few things ever cares about like coffee. Probably. Mm, true. Imagine. That and I can't say because I don't want to get iced. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, Good move. Good, so, Good yeah, statement. Exactly. So my bone to pick is with American airline. Uh, American. Um, Airlines in America? Airlines in America. Okay. So Chris and I were over in Europe. And if you've ever flown in Europe, it can be hell in certain respects. For example, um, they don't let you travel with normal amounts of baggage, right? And they they overcharge you and da 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 da. You always end up checking stuff, kind of sucks. And then, you know, whatever. But the way that they love people. So I think one of the questions you need to ask yourself if you're a company is how does my company love people? And you need to be able to define that very quickly. And the way that European airlines love people is by A, charging them cheap airline ticket prices, yeah. number one, and number two, and giving them the, you know, whether whether they want to bring luggage or not, and how much luggage, whatever, you know, or, you know, you pay for, um, you know, gate access, check-in, all that stuff, whatever. Um, or uh, they also love people by putting amazing food on their uh, airlines, uh, and dude, yeah. it's crazy. So, so, so I'm telling you right now. So, so Delta, I just flew Delta three, three different cities this week. Okay, yeah, round trips, first class. Ooh, yeah. Just listen, flex. The food was garbage. The right, food was garbage. Right, yeah. It was just <laughs> in first class, and you're yeah. sitting there and you're eating this, and you're going, like, I wish my mom made something. Like, you know, and obviously your mom's always going to beat anything, but. Bottom line is, is like it's just it was awful. Okay. Yeah, and half the time they just give you those little protein boxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Half the time, exactly. Yeah. This place, okay. So we're flying uh, Welling Airlines and SAS Airlines and Norwegian Air, and these, and you know, you're packed on there and you're miserable. Yeah. But you know, then you open up the card to see the food selections, and right. the food selections are insane, dude. Like insane. Um, fresh French rolls with with salamis and prosciutto, or um curry chicken with a rice bowl or noodles yeah. so and, something funny about that is yeah. we were on that welling flight and suddenly it started smelling like curry chicken the whole plane <laughs> and i thought to myself who who ordered the curry chicken and we yeah, get off the plane and, and we get off the plane and it's like dude the curry chicken's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a little that's a little rude to put like curry or like that's tuna too salad too strong on an airplane menu I'm but it you, smelled good it I'm, did smell good i'm talking about and then they have like proper champagnes like you can right and 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 the prices they don't gouge you right 
Like in, in a European airport, if you buy a, do, a, a, a water, it's two euro. Caddy. Wow. If you buy a water in an American airport, it's eight bucks. Yeah, totally. Yes. Right? Like they just, you know, yes, like it's robbery. Yeah. So it's like, and it's just a better, it's better experiences. It's just yeah. better overall experiences, right? Yeah. Like, so I would rather fly in, in a, in a crappy airline good that has good food than be first class. Well, depending on how long the flight is, obviously. Yeah. And, and just be eating slop. Gotcha. That has all the chemicals in it. Like Delta doesn't, you don't love people by making me eat your garbage food. And here's just an aside, but Delta Lounge, same thing. Yeah. The food is awful. And they don't let you, this is the hilarious part about a Delta Lounge. They don't let you bring in food from the outside. Why would you want to bring food from the outside? Because your food is awful. That's why. Yeah. And it sucks because it's always the same. It's yes. the same. It's the same everywhere you go. Everywhere. Like I know, I know that every Delta Lounge I go to is going to have the same pulled pork sandwich. It's true. And I'm, dried out caprese sandwich. You know, and I'm like, great. I disagree with you guys. I love the Delta Lounge food, and it's more about the quantity than the quality. Yeah, because yes, you being Dutch. Yeah. 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 I get it. God bless you. Yeah. But I have the, the problem, Brian, is though I have to eat this stuff six times a week. Yeah, <laughs> and if and when you can't bring in your outside, it's ridiculous to yeah, not be able ridiculous. to bring in outside food. That's crazy. Well, also, you're a premium member if you're in the lounge, so let me do what I want. Yeah, exactly. that's that's yeah. crazy because you're like you're a million miler, right? So they won't like you can't just be like, no, this is my show. Yeah, I'm a million miler. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do whatever I you want. Know what I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna start sneaking food in, and then when they start to create a problem, I'm gonna create a problem. You know what I mean? Like, sir, you can't do that. Well, I, I don't want to eat that disgusting food. So either give me something delicious, you know, or or make make an honest man out of me. Yeah. All right, um, I'm done. Chris, okay. what do you got? What do you got, Brian? I, I, I'm still thinking. Do you want it to be? Do you want to go spicy or just keep it pretty tame? Whatever no, you spicy. want. Go spice. spice. Go spice. We want the spice. All right. It's that song. That looks good, Brian. <laughs> you like it? That's yeah, good. It. Oh yeah, that looks good. Good. If if I wouldn't have known, I thought you're Morgan Wallen. That is a Tennessee waterfall. Very good, cool. Colleen. Let's give Colleen a round. Thank you, Colleen. Amazing job here. I'd like to make a regular occurrence out of this. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If that would work with Colleen. I love that. That is amazing. Shalom, amazing. Shalom, um, amazing. If, if, okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I was thought. Go ahead. You go ahead. What's okay. Your, what's your bone to pick? My bone to pick is with... Um, a song, a worship song. Okay. 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 Pick it. Hello, love. Hello, joy. Hello. What song is this? Oh, it's a new horizon. What song Hello. is this? Never it's heard this song in my life. Song that I oh heard in the church. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hello, love. Hello, joy. Did you guys? Um, yeah, that's bad. It's a well-written bridge too. It has a beautiful has flow bridge, to it, the but the lines. I, okay, so what would you say to someone? Sickness is not my story. You are, you are. What do you, what do you say to the person whose their story is sickness, and they're a Christian and they love God? Is that a true? Like, can they sing that? Truthfully, honestly, that's a great question for Chris, Mister Suffering. How much, yeah, how, much suffering. Time, how much time do you have? That's how it. much time do you have? Do you bone, Do you do you find issue with that? Do you take issue with that? Do I do I take issue with it? You got a minute. You got one minute on the clock. Uh, you know what? I haven't eaten today. I'm I'm kind of spent. 
DM me. DM me. Are your sugar levels <laughs> low? DM me. Right now? Subscribe <laughs> to my Instagram story. Somebody get this man a you chocolate bar it, quick. It, you know what's funny is I, I am deliberately not talking about suffering today, and then you guys are sucking me right into it. You know? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, sorry we did that to you, Chris. Is it a true line in that sickness is not my story, you are? Are as they speaking you, as, Okay, are they speaking eschatologically? Or are they speaking in the here and now? I guess that's the first question I'd ask. Like, are, when you're singing that song, are you speaking? As, are you speaking of what's to come, of what, how it finishes, how things end? Or are you speaking at the moment? Like, sickness is not my story in eternity. So technically, like, it, it yeah, answers yeah, the question. That's you are totally so eschatologically. Yes, it's good. But you know, the word of faith people would say that in the here and now, it works too. Yeah, and well, the word of faith people are notoriously called. Um, called on the carpet for having a over-realized eschatology mm. and they they expect too much for the here and now which is reserved for for later so okay so that's where the conversation is going but that's, um, so is that the bridge the bridge the is uh the, but the fear verse is not my future the verse is hello the chorus joy. is hello love hello joy. oh you know you know you know what is almost worse no I, I think is worse is that song where they they go into the bridge and they're like I've seen I've what 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 is it? I've seen like metal body parts fall or something. <laughs> it's like and they go talk about all these miracles that they've seen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I've seen. I've Colleen, seen, thank I've you seen, so much. Thank you, thank you, Colleen. Thank you, Colleen. Let me know uh, if you need anything. Okay. You're right. the best. Be safe. So um, yeah, what are those lyrics? Okay, what's it? Yeah, I've seen cancer disappear. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what if I haven't? See, I think. Oh, See, I'm two-sided on this thing. I think in one sense, we need to understand that, I think we understand that we serve a God who heals and a God that's supernatural in a sense and, and that he, he does miracles and that we have to be careful not to fall into becoming naturalists and skeptics. But there's a fine line as well because sometimes people become so disillusioned that they turn over to complete naturalism where they don't at all ever expect God to do anything. Yeah. And, and so as, as people who are charismatic people, I think that we should hope and we should have hopefulness in what we say and how we sing and how we worship and expect God to do suddenlies at times. I think that the writers of those, I know the guys who wrote the, um, th that song. And I think that they were not, ex maybe they weren't expecting people to sing that congregationally. Right. Like it was and just that's a, fine. It was just meant yeah. to be uh, a, 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 a piece of music. Right. Yeah, my yeah. beef, yeah. And my beef isn't with so, them that they wrote yeah. the song. So if, so if I'm in a worship leader and I'm making people sing that, then I don't understand what, no. what I was supposed to be doing that Sunday. Agreed. Yeah. Like that's, 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 that's on the, the worship problem. leader. Yeah. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. That should be in our yeah. Christian well, nothing that church but, experience, but, but, but when, not in our worship. When, when you, when you, yeah, when I've you, never seen cancer disappear. Me neither. I've never, I, actually, I, have, I haven't seen metal plates disappear. Right? And I, it could happen I, for I the either. And we've I, been, I, know, I know people who have been healed by cancer, but I, from cancer, but I haven't seen metal plates disappear. Yeah. So it's like, and, and yeah, so I think it's like inauthentic. For me to say that I've saw seen that happen. Of I'd be course. cool if you were like, hey, at church on Sunday, a piece of metal disappeared out of this person's body. They've been healed. Whoa. But I'm not singing that. Yeah. Yeah. I will say none of this is as bad as uh, oh, hello. opening 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 the service singing, Hey Jude. <laughs> Who did that? North Point. <laughs> Did you guys not see that? No. Oh. There's summer series. They opened the service with with the band playing "Hey Jude." Wow, that's brilliant. Bold. That's yeah. No, but you know what? I'd rather sing "Hey Jude" than "Hello, Hello Peace. Joy, Hello Point." That, that if if I'm singing a song and I'm think and and a normal person's just going, 
hello, peace, hello. Like you've ruined the whole reason why we've gathered. Mm. You can you completely confuse people. This is a confused person confusing people. But, yeah. but that's typical in 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 uh, maybe it's not typical, but it is a regular common. occurrence. Yeah. It's a common occurrence in the American uh-huh. evangelical experience. You have confused leaders conf- confusing people yeah. because they don't understand what the, the, pur- a, the purpose of a Sunday morning. I think confused people. people I, I think that there are two sides of the coin. There is a cheap optimism that regularly manifests itself in Western Christianity, but there's also sort of a skeptic cynicism as well. And if you can find if you can find a healthy balance between that, you're you're, you're doing well. I think the thing that makes it worse for me is I know the the songwriter of that song would actually also sing Hello 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 Uh Sammy, cut that out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, yeah no, no, it's, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, just beep it, just beep it, keep it, beep it. Okay, we just keep gotta, it and beep. I just it. explained it. things that 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 Christian affirms. Yeah, exactly. I think that bottom line is it's one of the things where, um, we have guys who are. I'll be honest with you. I was I was sitting there last night. Remember, I sent that that clip to you last night. I saw that. Yeah. Okay, and it was a clip of a dude. You know, uh, basically you have your summer series and summer series is like, how do I get people to church? Which yeah. is, which is honestly, I think it's the wrong question. That's consumerism. Right. Mm. Consumerism is how do I get, wow. oh, you know, how do I interest in seats? Totally. It's L, it's lowest common denominator church, which yeah. if you're doing that, you don't understand the purpose of the church. Right. right. You know, when you have to advertise your sermon series. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I just hope they come. There's nothing wrong with with telling people what you're going to be talking about. Right. That's really cool. I think the church, my favorite, um, um, advertising such a, a bad word, but introductions to series is uh, Alex Sagat's church, yeah, Calvary creative. in Miami. They are so creative, and their stuff right. is so sick. And it's not an advertising. It's just that this is what we're going to be doing. It's right. This is what we're going to talk about. It's really cool. I love that. <laughs> So there's a place for that. I'm just saying though that I don't need to I don't need to market or advertise the church because you, you missed the point. But I ha- I was having this really maybe I was I was dabbling in some cynicism. Um, but I think that it was it was just it was just a critical eye, not a cynical eye. Um, and uh, there's a huge difference because the critic, you know, nobody gets into once again nobody gets into food criticism because they hate food. Um, right, and they the see gr- the good exactly, and the exactly the Greeks said that the cynics should have their eyes plucked out because they see nothing good in the world. So, uh, what I'm saying is, I deeply value the church. I sent Chris this ep- this thing of this guy who's running a sermon, you know, a, a summer series, and it was just the the most. Im- it was so embarrassing. It was embarrassing what this the, they were doing, and cheese ball, and just like you know, and and of course the church is absolutely packed, right? right? You know, just you right. know, and eyes are on the screen. It's just. And so I thought to myself, it was a young, a young pastor that was doing it. And I thought to myself, maybe nobody should church plan under the age of 40. Maybe and the reason why I said it is because a lot of the, these, these, a lot of times these things come from young guys who, yeah. were, you know what I mean? Or they were ch- young church planters and they just, 
you know, when you're a young church planter, your what your your goal once you decide that your goal is growth, everything becomes sacrificed to that. Right? Totally. Does that make sense? That's the yeah, ultimate end. And and and, and let's be honest about growth. Like growth is money. Yeah. That's why you want to grow. That's why you want bums and seats. Many right? times. Absolutely, many times. Yeah, because you got to pay for the thing, but but just growth, growth, growth is growth. Right, right. It's just bigger is better, and obsessed with numbers. Yeah, and people yeah. are yeah, exactly. And you're really you're building your own ministry. Right, you're not you know like so the measure a a a a, a, a pastor should be somebody who measures everything by kingdom. Right, right. Numbers is one thing. I don't have a problem with numbers. The Bible counts. Do you know what I mean? Three thousand were added to to the church. It's like, I don't have a problem with people talking about how, how large their congregations are, how large their ministries are. I have zero problem with that, okay? But that can't be the only metric, right? right? And so, um, so, so for me, I was just having this conversation in my head last night before I was going to sleep, and I was like kind of fading in and out of consciousness, and I was thinking to myself, the Catholic Church, like they don't start a new parish because there's a young priest that wants to make a name for himself. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. like what, what they start a parish because there's, there's not a, there's not a parish in an area and there's people who want to come to church. Yeah. Right. So it's a, like literally, and the reason, you know, why Catholics go to mass. They go to mass for the Eucharist. They don't go to mass for anything else. Right. Mm. And it shows like, that's why they're pre the homilies are so awful. But do you have a problem with young pastors? Right. Huh? Like you have a problem with young church uh, planners. Well, this is what I'm thinking. Is I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, like the, unchecked. The model right now is a young pastor goes out and starts a church. That's how we have new churches. New right. churches are always started by young pastors, and typically, young pastors are morons. Like it's just they, and, right, and they're kind of left for themselves, and so they're like, they're, you're an entrepreneur. And so as an entrepreneur, you and what, an what, influencer. What do you have to do? Yeah, as an entrepreneur, you have to like be entrepreneurial. You need to gather people to yourself. And so what often happens is is certain things are sacrificed. Yeah. So that that entrepreneur can make it. Like that entrepreneur, you basically you're a small business. And so you have to make money. Right? right. And so I don't know. I I I was just thinking about this. I'm like I'm once again I'm not being I have so many friends that are great pastors that are young. So I'm like, I'm not saying that. You're taking all shots. Your, yeah, I'm not saying that if you're under the age of 40, you're an idiot. I'm just saying, I, I'm just sitting here going, what are some, and there are some really good, there are some really health church, healthy church planters, you know, but it's like, yeah. I, I think I think there needs to be a larger conversation in evangelicalism, um, you know, in Pentecostalism, where it's like, are these guys... Do they have, do they have, are they, are they paired with a father? Are they, you know what I mean? Are they paired with, um, is there somebody who, so then you wouldn't think age is necessarily the, the complete issue. No, it's not the complete issue, but yeah, many, totally, exactly. But then as well, you know I mean? Like then there's just the problem of, okay, okay, well the guy has a father, but the guy who's older than him is just the same problem. Right. Or won't be able to call him or... or no, 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 no. Let's say that he can out. call him. Maybe let's say he's super involved in his life, but it's just the same... Yeah. It's the same I think crap. It's an echo chamber. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think, Chris? I think it boils down... It can boil down. I, wanna be, I don't, I don't want to be completely um, limited to everything I'm saying here because there's a lot of variables at play. Yeah. But I think it can... One of the things we can recognize, it, it boils down to what people hold preciously. And if they're holding on to the spirit of the age preciously and that's inside of them when they start pastoring... It doesn't matter what age they start pastoring. That's going right. to be reflected in their pastoral methodologies, yep. i.e. my presentation of what I'm doing in my church looks like everybody else because 
I'm trying to be like everybody else because I'm a follower, not necessarily a leader, or I'm trying to be unique or create, because those are things that the person values. And Paul tells Timothy to look after the flock, or Peter tells uh, his, in his epistle to look after the flock um, because they're going to give an account to God. And then you see the qualifications for what it takes to be a spiritual a leader. If somebody really holds that preciously, they're going to put those values above what they see on social media. And I think it would be a great attestation of a young pastor who does those things and is pastoring young while doing those things, despite young pastors, maybe the majority of them, who are being moved with, you know, the non-essentials and, you know, the yeah. surface level things. Absolutely. Uh, totally. So, you know, once again, like without generalities, we're reduced to the minutia, you know, and you have to you have to work within generalities because bottom line is the generalities exist and no th- thinking person would deny that generalities don't exist. Right. Yeah. So here's yeah. a generality. What are some generalities about older pastors and younger pastors? They which, by the way, they absolutely exist. Older pastors are going to care typically more about processes and discipleship and depth. And younger pastors are going to care more about, right? It's like the, it's like the youth pastor versus the senior pastor. And the youth pastor is trying to make the church more young and yep. more vibey, right? Right. Those, those are generalities and they exist. Why? Because they are, that it's a reality, right? And so, yeah, you ha- you're going to typically have young pastors regardless of their, their, you know, and they, and they're going to go out and they're going to be, and that's our church model, right? Like in evangelicalism, our church model is to send out that young that young dude, you know, and just, Hey, go for it. Whereas in, in, you know, you com- comparatively to Catholic, once again, I'm not promoting Catholicism here or saying that they have it right. I'm just saying they don't have that model. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's concerning me on two levels. Number one is that um, everybody, you see the guy on Instagram, you're talking about that. You see the clip that you just loathe and you see the comments and you laugh at him and, and there's two directions that you could go, right? Number one, you could say, um, I, I totally agree with this, and I'm trying to replicate it in my church, and that's what we're talking about. And you don't want to do that. You wouldn't want to see somebody do that, but people are doing it, so we're kind of griping about that. But then there's the other response to it, which is it, maybe it just pushes people away completely from ministry. Nobody wants to go in ministry anymore. And that, to me, is just as concerning, that, that we don't then you don't have any faithful ministers that are actually stepping up to the plate and holding what's precious to, um, to God. Right. What's the minimum amount of seminary that a priest has to do to be in, uh, put in in a Catholic church? Um, they actually they have to go through. You know what? That's when as far as a priest goes, they have to go through school. I think they have yeah, to they get go them, through seminary. They go yeah. through some, absolutely. There's Min- a minimum amount. They they do seminary. They have to do some. They have to do seminary. I'm not yeah. exactly mm. sure how long. I think it's at least four years. They have to have a bachelor's. My cousin, one of my cousins, was considering going to the priesthood after he got his bachelor's degree, and after that would have been seminary. So I think. I don't want to speak for them, but at least at least seminary. Well, let's take that little opportunity <clears throat> to promote something we've never actually promoted, which is the certificate programs at Theos Seminary. Ooh. What Ooh. is the point? Why am I doing a certificate? Yeah, so we just had a conversation with pastor like uh, a couple of days ago, a, a number of them actually. Um, so there's a lot of churches that are looking to raise up leaders, people that are going to be serving in a deacon position or whatever p- capacity that they have. And they want to train those people. So Theos Seminary offers uh, a one-year certificate that's made up of 14 classes, 14 of our classes that we've decided paint the biggest brush stroke of an overall comprehensive understanding of Scripture and ministry, both at the practical level and at the theological level. And we would put our stamp of approval that a person that faithfully does this and gets good marks and shows good attitude while doing this, um, yeah, you could go ahead and trust them with at least licensing them or 
putting them in some sort of leadership position at your church. And some of the language you guys have used is like, this is like formation. This is this this certificate is like formation. Yeah, because for anybody in leadership in your church is ultimately going to get asked at least a very basic theological question, right? And they need to have some type of orientation framework, exactly for having handled this before. Yeah. And so what we find churches they don't have a program like this, or they don't have somebody that can create a program like this. And so we allow people to we allow churches to actually white label it, and say, hey, offer it as their own. Offer it as their own. And so you and, and and then the question then becomes how do you facilitate this? Well, what we say is, we license the material to you, we license the education to you, and you decide how you want to facilitate it. So whether that looks like a one week thing, every week we come in and watch a class, or every month we do it, or we have or small do groups. independent learning. Yeah, it's yeah. the facilitation is completely up to you. We provide the classes, the material, and then the, we provide all the grading. So you and ordination. Add, yeah, if, if you want, yeah, that's a possibility. But mm. sometimes the churches like to do it, or they like to license, or whatever. You, you don't. You could do that as well. $999 for a certificate, a one-year certificate. Yep. Wow. It's, really it's good. the Power MBA of Christianity. <laughs> that's nice. cool. I like yeah, that. It's good. I like that. And so it's getting a lot of signups, and if you're a church listening, call me, and we can have a chit-chat. The deets are at the bottom of the screen. Yep. The yeah. The deets. I have, I, have, I have a question. I have a question. So I've been trying to wrap my head around this. So in congregational worship, okay, so you take like a lot of people will 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 take two biblical usages. They'll 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 take that Hebrew word for praise, which translates to be like clamorously foolish, right? I can't remember what the actual word is. And they'll take that scripture out of Second Samuel where David says, I'll be more undignified than this, right? And they use that as license to like do crazy things and be like visibly, in my opinion, distracting on stage leading leading worship. And I'm I'm like, where where is the line? Because I feel like even that scripture, when I read Second Samuel 6, I'm like, I don't. I feel like I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't really read that that scripture as the focus being how David was worshiping. I'm like, that's about Michal, Michal having like hating him, yeah. right? And seeing him like he wasn't he wasn't doing it to be seen. He wasn't in in the context of leading people in worship, right? She like he's doing it kind of like in private for himself, whatever. And she looks out the window and sees him. And I feel like that scripture to me speaks more about the hate that she had for him than the way he was doing it. So like, what's, what, what would you say is the line there? Yeah. So here's a, here's, here's my ministry philosophy on worship. Uh, Worship is about God. Worship leading is about people. If I'm worshiping God, then I will become more undignified than this. But if but David wasn't leading a worship moment there, right? Right. He was he was just going bananas, and he was the art. I mean, the the priests were leading the worship moment, you know. Right. They they were the ones that were carrying the ark. They had their vestments on, you know. And he's just following the worship procession and just dancing before the ark, right? So he's not a worship leader in that moment. He's just a king joining the party. Like that's like following the ark that's being brought into the presence of God. The the, the priests were the worship leaders, so um, the priests had a job, right? 
a worship leader has a job. A worshiper does not. Right. Right. Like worship leading, if you're doing it right, should feel a bit mechanical and, and, and harnessed in my opinion. Right. In my, in my, in my ministry philosophy opinion, I have to be leading that moment. So I'm thinking about my chords. I'm thinking about where this song is going. I'm thinking about this moment. I'm thinking about getting people to be free to worship. I'm setting it up so that you can lose your mind and dance naked at church. But I I can't lose. It's it's not my moment to lose my mind, dance naked at church. Right. Right. Like, so, so for me, um, I think that the line, if I was a pastor, my expectation of worship leaders would be to, Hey, you're the one that's driving this. You have to drive this. So I don't, I don't, I don't want you to be closing your eyes. Right. You're driving the car. I need your eyes to be open. I need right. to be watching what's yeah. happening in the congregation. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't need you to like fall out in the spirit during this thing. I need you, you know, your spirit, your responsibility, right? Like the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. So you need to be in this moment leading this thing. Like, so uh, anything that's going to be just weird and whack, or if you, so if you want to lead people into a, you know, and spin them into a dervish, then, then, then do the dervish. Right. right. But like if that's not the moment you're trying to lead, it's not time to do the whirling dervish. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so it's like I've seen, you know, I think I've I mean, I've seen worship leaders like absolutely just like go bananas at times, but they were trying to get everybody to go bananas, right? So they were right. leading this to that fun moment, you know, that undignified Delirious had a song called Undignified. And yeah. like when Martin Smith leads it, he becomes undignified. He dances around and, be, and, and you know, being a goofball. But he's trying to, because he's trying to let, allow us to dance around. God's and, great right. dance floor. Yeah, exactly. God's great dance God's floor. God's great dance floor. But yeah. he's not doing that all the time. Correct. So it's like, yeah. exactly. So it's like, so to me, that's my ministry philosophy. And I would, I would err on the side of that. And I'm not going to get upset if a worship leader closes their eyes or starts speaking yeah. in tongues over the mic. You know, or just stuff like that. That'll just be exceptions. Probably, yeah, exactly. Exceptions. Yeah. You know, it's just like yeah. I think one of like one of the like simplest ways I've heard it is is I remember I was in like this this like form or whatever, and this lady asked. She was like, every time I lead worship, I just like I feel like I can't get through the song because I just become so overtaken emotionally. Right. She's like, like what what do I do? How does how do I how do I fix this? Because like, I can't, I can't lead the moment correctly. And he was just like, stop thinking about yourself. Yeah. Stop making it about yourself. Yeah. Like that's what's, that's what's happening. You're not, you're not leading the congregation. You're leading yourself and the congregation's just sitting there watching you have this moment kind of thinking, wow, I wish that was happening for me too, Mm -hmm. but it's great that you're having this moment in worship. So I was speaking at, at Bethel, uh, worship school in Redding, California on Tuesday or Wednesday. And I was sharing about building altars. Yeah. And there was this one part in the, in the message where I was talking about building an altar in New York City. And I began to cry because I was overwhelmed thinking about, you know, just, you know, building an altar in New York. Right. I was thinking about myself and that's why I started to cry. And I had this little moment. Right. So was that right? I don't think it was. For me, I think I lo- I got I got sidetracked. Right. You know what I mean? Because the the rawness of that message, uh, it was the first time I'd preached it. You know, but it's like it got me. I was like, wow, like that that right. that was a deep moment for me. But not the time or place. Not kind the of time. Thing. Or, not the time or place. Right. Yeah. And it was uh, to me, it was distracting. 
Right. And so a lot of people would have been like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I love that. But for me, I don't like that. Yeah. You know, like a good I, check. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? So the next time, you know, like you might be feeling that you might be. I've seen you'll see. I've seen my dad choke up at times about things. Oh. You can't help but things in your life that you bring up, you know, and you're bringing things from past experiences that have deeply marked you. And you can't help at times. And you're sharing from that. Well, for those things to come out. But your job is to keep yourself together. Right. Not to fall to pieces in front of the congregation for six minutes. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so that's why mature men will they'll cry a little bit and then they'll just keep moving, moving. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas like somebody who's immature will prolong that moment and make it all about an emotional. But I also yeah. and, and, and yeah. I agree with that. And to add to that, I think that also immature people will suppress those because there is a good moment for pathos. There is a good moment because at that moment it could be while you're speaking it, that's a convergent point where you where you look at your life mm-hmm. in, re, in in comparison to the grace of God or to the work of God in your life. And wouldn't it be wrong if it didn't evoke some sense of emotion? Right. Agreed. I'm you know not saying. saying I'm yeah. Not no, saying, I agree. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm yeah. adding to. I'm broadening that yeah. out a little yeah. bit. I totally agree. So it's like, yeah, yeah I am human. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and I think that your messages should come from a real place in God. Yeah. Where it actually meant something. Yeah. You know what I mean? and, and to me, you know, the Apostle Paul talks specifically about his own emotions. I would rather gouge my eyes out that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Totally. That's and, hyperbole. That's like yeah, pretty strong yeah, hyperbole. He's using yeah. strong language. He's yeah. probably moved. Paul talks about he's moved to my heart's desire that all Israel be saved. I can't imagine him sitting there like a stoic, you know, saying those totally. types of things. Yeah. 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 I don't want to get into stoicism. Yeah. And I will say that that we have to be careful as, as ministers that you know because we loathe the crying sappy preacher that always has is fallen to pieces exploits it yeah then we become coming turn to stoics like that's agreed yeah Yeah. there's a time and a place you you like yeah yeah yeah, like you just you 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 have to be measured about it because i've like i've seen i've seen guys before and it's just like it's like clockwork and I'm like, this is this is emotional man- manipulation. Yeah, like it, it becomes that. So I, I I reckon that it's I I don't think that they they set out to go. I'm going to emotionally manipulate a crowd. Right. It can turn that because they're not running in their emotions, and then the congregation can go, "You're working us right." Like, mm. and and the preacher doesn't realize what he's doing, but right. he's, he is doing it. But he is doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And so, but I, I, that is a really interesting. I really love that, Chris. It's like. How can I not, how can I bring up hard places in my life where the where the Spirit of God, in His mercy and His grace, led me to encounters, yeah. right? And in that movie, somehow, yeah, and it, and exactly, and I and and it, and it just it hits me, but also, it's like okay, so whoa, I'm moved, and I have this job to do, and we and I and we continue on, you know, and Jim McNeish in the back of my head, just look up. If you look up, then you'll stop crying. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. I am. Um, this reminds me of. So like, I start to look up. I, oh. I remember this message from uh, Frank Damasio on the cru- uh, Crucible. Crucible? Crucible. Wait. Horcrux? Yeah. No. What's that word? The Crucible. Yeah. Like that thing, that that pain thing in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like the working, of, the dealing of God. Yeah. And like he's like sharing his whole cancer journey and all this. And it's like this balance, this delicate balance between right. the heaviest. Yeah. concept and the heaviest experience he's ever gone through but he's like teaching through it and he's like yeah. working through it oh yeah. yeah it was amazing and yeah maybe one of the best messages i've ever heard yeah, yeah and, i mean if you look at the psalms it, it's it's riddled with emotion but there are pauses in the psalms 
stop right. and think about it. And those pauses can be a place of reflection where you're brought. It leaves a place for emotion there. And I think uh, I think that all things done decently and in order, including how we work through and work with our emotions, which are very much part of God, how God made us. Yeah, I love it. Um, we have one last thing to do on the show today. It's a new segment, and we're going to be doing this. You can be involved in this segment. This is our church merch review. Mm. Church <laughs> merch review. Is that um, why we're all dressed like we are? Like we're going yeah. to camp? Yes. Yeah. Um, so Ooh, good. Really? Yeah. I like. I like this that. Is a cool. Yeah. This okay. Well, let's start with them. Well. So, so just by really? the way, to get involved in this, if you have a church, an event, or something, a ministry that you want have merch for. We will promote you if you send us your things. So you have to send an email to wahwahwah at theosu.ca yep. to let us know that you'd like W-A-W-A-W-A? to do that. W-A-W-A-W-A? W-A-H. 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 At theosu.ca. Um, and you can let us know that you have an event or whatever or a, a church that you'd like to promote. We will give you an address to send the merch to and we will review it and promote your thing. Let's start with this lovely outfit over here. What do you got? Uh, too sexy for the school. Too sexy for the school. Austin Christian University. Boom. So uh, their first semester starts next uh, next month. Next month. Very cool. Yeah, they have actually sick merch. Um, it's like yeah, collegiate it's, meets. Yeah, like Let it. me see. I haven't seen their merch cool. yet, actually. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, a little Ooh, bit about I Austin like Christian this. University. Austin Christian Here, University. Uh, you can have this one. Oh, for real? Yeah. I love it. Is a, it's, a, it's actually a business school. With more theology in it than many theology schools. Bible school. Yeah. Bible yeah. School. So nice. it's like it is like so if you want to be like a somebody who you're going, man, you know, I want to be in the business world, but I want some theology. Well, this is what this, okay, so this world view. Yes, and it's attached to a freaking insane church, oh. uh, Celebration Church in Austin, Texas. So you know, you want to live in Austin, you want to go to Celebration Church. I have Pastor Joe Champion, my pastor, um, and you want to go to Austin. Christian University, um, you should definitely check it out. So uh, here's a, here's a, here's a bonus. Maybe it's a setback, but it, Chris and I will be pre- uh, speaking or teaching regularly. classes there once a month. Yeah. So we're literally going to be flying in from Nashville, um, and we're going to be teaching. So if you want, if you want to, this is the closest thing to a live school that uh, you're going to get. And they have um, seats available. There's a couple spots available, and Austin is cool. If you want to go spend some time in Austin, yeah, there's some good eats, good hangs, good peeps. Very cool. Okay. Cool. Next one. Do you want to review this one? Yeah, Chris. Where did this? Where did the shirt? I come went to from? speak at a. Make, make it quick. Did <laughs> <laughs> you introduce it, Everett? I told you this twice. Where I got it from? Where you? Okay, you went to like a, a conference for. Come on, like, make it quick. Make it quick. You went to a conference for sad pastors. Right, I don't. Th- they none of them seem sad to me. But was it what, what conference? It was a conference, a pastors' conference with for ordination for different ministers, Faith International. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And what does your shirt say? So anyway, they, there was they had some great merch there um, for everybody, and I saw th- this shirt. I I really like it. I have one of my own, but I I looked like Everett's vibe. Just uh, and they really wanted Everett to have it. And did they want an honest review or um? Or they wanted an honest review. A soft review. Honest, give them an honest review. Everybody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What does so it say? My honest, they wanted, I wanted you to know they wanted you to have it. They watched the pod. If you're listening, ladies, um, learn to rest, not quit. It's a good message. I thought it said learnt. Learn to rest, not quit. Learn. To yeah. Rest, so the thing is, is like it's a good, it's a good cut of t-shirt. Oh, so good. you know, 
good you quality like T-shirt. I like it for that. That's reason. That's their logo at the top. That that the, the, those three rings. That's yeah, the great. Ministry's logo. Love it. Yeah. Fantastic design decision. Whoever did that, amazing how how you did that and made the logo the O. That's like that's never been done before. Um, <laughs> so my thing is Last that time like Everest getting a shirt from this ministry. My thing is like <laughs> it just. I like the shirt. I just wish that it said something different because it feels kind of like self-helpy to me. I and I'm that. like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't play with that voodoo dark magic self-help in, in stuff. You know, in, in their defense, um, the entire the theme was rest, so I think they had what. Yeah, great. But like when it. somebody sees this shirt, they go, "Oh, that's a burnt-out associate pastor that's like on the road to deconstruction." <laughs> you know, you like the smiley face. The smiley, yeah, the smiley face is fine. Everyone's doing those too. Yeah. Um, Even me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, is that the same line? No, no, different. Okay. So yeah, that's 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 my thing. Cool. Like, I just I don't I don't really like shirts that have like Cheesy a thing message. a thing on it. You know what I mean? So it's are you like, gonna keep it or are you gonna burn it? No, I'm gonna keep it. Yeah. I'm gonna keep it. It'll be my camping shirt. <laughs> no, kidding. I honestly um, think that the most important thing about a shirt is fit. If it's a good fit, I don't care what it says. I do. I wish I could. This agree, is but... like it's kind of like the Forever Twenty One shirts. It's like some stupid text about being a taco or something you know what i mean <laughs> you have that shirt don't you okay um cool thanks for sending that in what are you wearing today uh nate spoke at pkvk which is a um ed young juniors i'm wearing pastor. that too right yeah you got it too i was really impressed with a lot of things at the pkvk at alaska ranch with um pastor young's church but the merch was on point okay so this is like a that mesh that fishing okay so you, what you're wearing is yeah, this is Pastor Ed's yeah. um, his line? He, Big yeah, game. He's, he's got a fishing. He's got a f- uh, a, 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 a fishing, fishing line. line. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's like a freak fisherman. Like ocean. Like bro, he 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 has done um, uh, saltwater fly fishing. That's nuts. Yeah, he caught like I can't remember what he caught, but he caught oh, he caught a tarpon fly fishing. Holy! <laughs> yeah, he's he's a, he's like that's the, insane. He, he is the next level uh fisherman like he is he, he guys obsessed but anyways his gear is absolutely ridiculous because he's actually an artist you know the arts no way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He has yeah some, some of them have like he drew this fish. he drew this yeah yeah, yeah. see that's, yeah, that's the cool. fish that we should have got tatted yes he drew that <laughs> yeah this. that's cool that's cool and, and but this hat it's is the, the texture qual- the quality of this hat is great the, the that's the one material. of your best hats actually i actually got Everett one of these hats too didn't yeah I? yeah i wore i wore chris, yeah, chris is looking skinny actually yeah, you can see it in his face. Uh, I'm telling yep. you, man. it goes first. What happened? And then the Alasso Ranch. Yeah, it's I, dude. The Alasso Ranch stuff is dope. Quality. I would totally wear that. Can you? Whatever. The Alasso we'll Ranch stuff is is extra cool. Like you got me a crew neck sweater too. Yeah, and it's very very cool. Yeah, very I got cool. I got a hoodie from it as well. Big yeah. game Shark Club, baby. Yeah. I will. And an honorable mention that's not that is not um being worn here, being worn here. No, 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 don't mention any. If if, if we're gonna no, do it have to time. see, yeah. No, but they, I have their merch. They've given oh, me a bunch. More. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah our friends up, our friends up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Their merch is really great. Can they send some? I don't have any. I'll tell you right yeah. now. Yes. Send okay. Some. So, legitimately, uh, Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I I think they have the best merch. You'll, all the cuts. It's good. And like the stuff that they use, it's actually ridiculous. Cool. Um, okay, so that's they've it, given it's me not like, even close. They've so given me like three sweatshirts, yeah. and I, I I love them. They're so like, that's they're your like, favorite church like, merch. They're like the thick, like um, they're like the thick. Um, what's uh, Bieber's line? What is Drew? 
They're like Drew House I cuts. I don't mm. know if I'd say and like small call like like a big yeah, and like thickness. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like it's like it's like those like freaking it's it's quality. Nice. But Alaska tick. Ranch stuff is dope too, man. All right, yeah. tick, man. So that's your favorite church merch so far. Highest rated for sure. Okay. And you, you, you it's like neck and neck with them in a lasso ranch stuff. Brian, what about you? Well, uh, I talked to a little birdie over at Bethel today, and they're going to be sending a package. Really? That might yeah. rate pretty high for me. Their shorts are pretty. Okay, cool. what are your Dude, sizes? Bethel, in- Bethel. I'm, I, I have to say this, Christian. Um, Bethel merch is dope, but you guys changed the T-shirt. You changed the cut of T-shirt, and it's it's not as good. I'm sorry. I love you guys. Love your merch. It looks dope. It's a good review. But I will say this. Ed's fishing line is like legit though. It's like an actual clothing. Oh yeah. It's not just merch. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like got that. You. Do you know what I mean? I'd wear that. I have. I'd wear I that have, unironically. And I gotta give. I gotta totally. give. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, have PCB. four Ed yeah. Youngs and I, long sleeves. I, and I, you know how I know he's the guru of having this line. The, the t-shirt brand that he uses for his t-shirts. Like the supply is next level, and it's not Gildan. I have. Let me just say this. I have a brown shirt, V-neck. I have a black shirt, V-neck. In my that's next level in my thing that I've had since 2014. 2014. I still have next those level shirts. V-necks. They last that yeah, long. We need to talk to you about those V-necks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I go to your closet and burn them right now? Dude, Connor Champion. Connor Champion said to me, he's like, "Look, Chris is gonna get a, a babe, but we need to talk about his clothing." <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. saying something. I like, like. I like how Chris is like. I have a T-shirt from 2014. Like that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It's like. It's like your T-shirt that's almost something. 10 years old. Yeah, no, 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 probably should have stayed. Let me, let me. Let me say something. Where it was 10 years ago. Okay. Let, let me. Just <laughs> Why do you wear V-necks? Tell us that because the reason I, I'm give an account. My yeah. account for myself is not a diss to you guys. So don't hear it this way. Yeah. I, I I know who I am. I dress the way I dress, not because I'm not following trends. I'm dressing for what I legitimately like. I'm not trying to be Gen Z. I'm not trying to run my Instagram like Gen Z. I'm not trying to dress like Gen Z and be what's cool. Mm. I, if I see it and I like it, I'll wear it. When I get married, that's going to be become between me and my wife, and my <laughs> kids aren't going to have a say in it. Because guess what? I never got to tell my dad what he got to wear. I don't need all these people around me now trying to style me. Oh, dude, I That's it. I disagree. I'm like, Chris, my, don't say this. My dad. Why? Because you need help. Everybody yeah. sees it. I do. But you dude, don't. Dude, my, you just need to laugh it, laugh and wear what we what people yeah. give you. My my you look awesome. My mom, <laughs> my mom and dad started like taking their kids when they go shopping. Yeah. And my parents look so cool. Oh, like actually, my 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 slick. dad. Yeah, my dad dresses better than I do. Dude, every mom, dope. every mom, I'm just gonna say it. Every mom that's hot has a teenage daughter that she dresses like. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like True it's like saying. yeah, it's but like that's, it's, that's cringe. That's no, it's not. not. No, it's so no, it's not, dude. no, it's no. You can sick. you can you can, you can definitely be fashionable like and still moms, dress your when age. When moms dress like their daughters, and then okay, and then, look, and then they but, share clothes with them, but it's so cool. sick. But, but, but you know something? Go to the East Coast. Nobody's the East Coast are dressing like Italians in Jersey and New York City. Like that's what I look at. I'm like that's cool. That's what I like. Yeah, we're in, we're, we're in Franklin, Tennessee. I don't measure style by what I see on the streets of Franklin, Tennessee, <sighs> or wherever. I, I agree. Look, I lived in New York, and. I, and and I did like I I nobody was dressing like Italians in New York. Yeah, but that there are people not not Sub-culture. there are people there are you're people talking dressed that way. There are Italians people that are dress six like years it. behind. What does that behind what Italian, for how it, they dress it, in Franklin, it, Tennessee? It's it's very okay. It's very it's that, that's not necessarily true. Like so, like there are obviously Italians is a is a generality. Right, like talking about Italian Americans. Well, what Italian Americans are you talking about? Okay, you know let I mean? me say this. I had I I had some new clothes and somebody DM me I was like. Bro, put that tracksuit back on. 
That's you. I like, totally agree. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Tra- no Tracksuits are in. That. That's no, tra- in. A cord, top, bottom. Yeah, top, that's in. Tracksuits are in. Yeah. Okay, so now for a bit yes. more. Tracksuits are in. Yeah. No, they are. They are. No, they are. They are for reals. Yeah. Why yeah. is it? We got to get Chris a, a, a set of dungarees. He like that. It's kind of like when you wear OVO, I my heart melts. I, I love, love that. Like I love skinnies. <laughs> skinny jeans are not in. I love. I, I don't wear skinnies anymore. No, skinny. no, but what I'm saying I was is a that diehard skinny never guy. Wore it. And so, I'm like, yeah. no, but, I'm, I can't. but what I'm saying is, is like skinny jeans aren't in, right? No. Like, and then one day they will be. And guess what? I'll be back in skinny jeans, right? Like, like, what yeah. do I wear that's so out of touch? V-neck. 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 Really? Yeah. And they're too tight. And no, you know what? I don't mind if you wear a polo with like great. I think cool he looks baggier pants. I, I he think look he, pretty cool. I think he looks nice in his polo shirts. Yeah, I don't mind. Them. Okay, so I we're just talking. Them. We're strictly oh, talking about oh, V-neck. Sometimes, here. sometimes yeah, the wash. Hurt. Sometimes the the wash of the jeans. The denim is, wash. Yeah, yeah. The denim wash. Like the dark. Like, they're just basic. Dark just no, pants. no, because they're Try like they're more pants. like distressed. They have like the, some of them have like the distressed lines on them and like yeah. You look like a you look like a Nigerian refugee. Sometimes, I will tell you this, Brian. I am. I will tell you this. I am very sad. That we don't wear suits all, at any at any point because I love suits and when I wear suits I go all I'll go all in. I go all in. Dude, I used to wear suits wear, all the time. Wear, then then wear a suit when you teach. Actually, I'm thinking about wearing a three piece suit around here every day. Do it. Hey, Jordan Peterson <laughs> would love you. Um, I saw there's a lecture I saw with Jordan Peterson wearing jeans. Wow, I couldn't believe it. Probably not recent though. No. Yeah. Brian, what's what's the deepest V neck you've ever worn? Okay, show, I had, show, this, show, show, I had show us on your chest. a blue. And black striped V-neck that was down to like here. It was a deep V. Did you did you and ever I, did you ever buy your jeans from the women's section? I did. <laughs> who decides? Before they made skinnies for dudes. <laughs> who decides? I was wearing skinnies. Who decides V-necks are out? Like, can a V-neck truly ever go out? Uncle Jesse used to wear them on Full House. People in Rocky Balboa wears them. Like, they're like good things. But Rocky Balboa's got monster pecs. Busting out of his V-neck, yeah, but the purpose, and some hair and a chain. Yeah, but the purpose of a V-neck isn't necessarily just to show your muscles. It's a style. I think the purpose of a V-neck is actually because it's the T-shirt you're supposed to wear under a dress shirt. Ah, I so think it won't be seen at the collar. Yeah, so you don't see the collar. Uh, okay, my V-necks are not that's cut smart. that way. It's function. My, my V-necks are cut right here. The ones that you guys are saying I wear all the time, it's just a V-neck right at the collar, not down to here. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. If you go into H and M, there's a whole rack of V necks. So they I'm must, sure, they I'm must sure still be is. in. And yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, yep. Say ever. Must if people are selling it, it means it's in. If you're a church listening, I want you to consider having merch that are V necks. Because <laughs> Chris will buy them. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to send me V necks on this show, um, I'll be happy. He'll sleep in them for sure. You should, you should actually start wearing a three piece suit to teach your courses, though. I think that's a great look. That's a Josh Bidell move. <laughs> it's, it's different. Same, same, but different. <laughs> it has a different effect when he does it. Want me it. to tell you a funny Josh Bidell joke? Of yeah. course. I was, um, he was here teaching, and I woke up. It was like 6.30 in the morning. He was up stomping around, and he had his, he had his suit on, and he was right by the door. And he was like, hey, Palmer. I was like, what are you doing? Getting ready to sell some washing machines door to door. Last time he was here, he cooked... Salmon and oh, the, the house whole house stunk for like three days. He literally just like bought salmon fillets and he just put them in the oven. Josh cooks his own food. That's true. Yeah, that is true. It smells God. so bad. It's fun being around him and Matt together because it's yeah, it it's, it's a nerd party. Yeah.